evening, fellow goths, horror enthusiasts, and children of the sun and moon. I am your humble Los Angeles witch, Moonchild Nil, and welcome to another episode of Midnight Tea. And to sell celebrate this episode too this is the last episode of season two now don't feel discouraged by hearing that i'm not going anywhere your girl's here to still continue making podcasts and giving you that content that you so desperately love but as always seasons do come to an end and this episode will be the end of season two that's not to say that there isn't a season three coming it might just take a little bit longer as your girl needs some downtime for herself But with that, we still have a great episode to jump forward and give to you. But as always, how are you, my audience, doing? Um, A few of you guys have sent in messages telling me of some of the good things that have happened to you this past week. And nobody really gave a name to any of theirs, so I'm going to leave them anonymous. But this was through my Instagram, in which a good chunk of you said that you donated to a charity or you fed homeless you fed the homeless, which right now is much, much appreci- appreciated. Um, you know, everybody's been feeling the pangs of COVID all around. And even though the pandemic's just, it feels like it's coming to an end. We're still dealing with the fact that a lot of people lost not only their jobs, their money, their, a lot of people lost their homes and even family members. And it's been rough on everybody. Like everybody's going through trauma right now. And it's really appreciative to hear that you guys are out there doing good for others who really, truly need it. And I absolutely appreciate it. Um, I will start off season three in the next couple of weeks by giving shout outs to organizations that I feel are absolutely noteworthy and worthwhile for you to donate to. Or if you want to volunteer your time, that would actually be really amazing, too. So you guys, please keep up the good work. Um... And then there's other of you guys who also just needed a me day, you know, especially a lot of you guys out there that are frontline workers or essential workers who you've been busting your ass pretty hard to get, you know, to help others. And you guys just needed some me time. So one of you guys said you treated yourself to a spa day where you got your hair done and you got a manicure and pedicure. Good, good for you. Good for you. You have to take that break. Um, I saw somebody else said I had Starbucks for the first time in nine months. I'm like, first of all, you have better restraint than I do because I already broke down and got Starbucks at least six times during this pandemic. Um, So that's great. And somebody actually just said I took the time to thoroughly clean my bathroom. Like they said that they had been home during all of COVID because their job uh, made them um, they worked from home. But they said they took a day where they just made their bathroom incredibly spotless, like scrubbed toilets and thoroughly like their bath, like clean their bathtub and their uh, shower curtains. Or I read, sorry, I read that wrong. They cleaned their um, their sliding doors of their showers and their sinks. Just they they went thorough. And you know what? Congratulations to you, because that's more work than I dedicate to my own bathroom. <laughs> But no, but yes, hygiene and cleanliness of your place is always very important, especially if you're, you started to work from home and, you know, your home is your, also your office. So I understand that completely. That's a little bit the situation for myself too. And yeah, some people said like, I just went back to the gym. I got to go to a bar. I saw my first movie for the first time in a year and 
you know, all the things we took for granted that we now have back is really, really nice. And granted, it's a little different. I mean, your girl included, having been back to Universal now with the, all the restrictions, it's it's weird. It's different. It's not bad. It's just, it's different. And it, we all know it won't stay that way. It's just, it's something we have to go through. So congratulations to every single one of you who had mentioned that you'd went out and you did something different that just put a smile on your face. And I, I encourage you guys to keep those coming. Anything that you did, hell, you could have just said you took a nap. God knows even when even when we're stressed it's in, or tired, it's super hard to sit down and take a nap. But God knows you deserve it. So you guys keep them coming. Tell me all the great things that you did that put a smile on your face. And I'm going to try to put a smile on your face by getting this episode started. So let's go. All right, guys, disclaimer time in that tonight's episode may contain strong language, possible spoilers for books and media, and dark topics. So this is your viewer or listener, discretion advised. Well, listeners, we're going to hit the ground running with this episode in that we are going to be talking about a returning asshat slash rapist slash pedophile named Brian Warner. Oh, you don't recognize that name from the last time I spoke about him? Let me give you his, his given name on the stage. Marilyn Manson. Yes, that's right. Marilyn Manson is making my podcast yet again for his bullshit. And this one is an article that comes to us via BuzzFeedNews.com. In it, the headline reads, Game of Thrones actor Esme Bianco is suing Marilyn Manson for rape and abuse. And I'm just going to give it to you absolutely straight. I was never a Manson fan before. I definitely am not now. And this proves it. As if in my last podcast that I spoke of him, how I had mentioned how many women had came forward since 2000 talking about this man grabbing them when they were underage, putting them in these sex prisons, starving them of food and water, beating them, threatening them, and just all around degrading them on top of rape and sexual assaults. It gets worse for this fool. And I'm not here to show Manson any fucking pity because I am not with this shit. So we're going to go ahead and just read the article as it stands. So sit down, relax, and get ready to type out some serious hate mail. Bianco alleges, alleges she was whipped, cut, electrocuted, berated, deprived of food and sleep, and forced to perform sex out acts without her consent. Now, this is an article that had dropped last week, unfortunately, the Friday right after I dropped my latest episode of my podcast. So this might be old news by now for you guys, but this still affects me greatly. So let's go ahead and read it. British actor Esme Bianco, best known for her role as Ross. I'm hoping I'm saying that that name correct. Ross or Rose, because it's R-O-S, no E, in Game of Thrones, filed a lawsuit against Marilyn Manson on Friday, accusing him of rape and a wide range of abusive acts. Now, at least 15 women, including Westworld actor Evan Rachel Wood, have accused Manson of abuse. According to the lawsuit, which was filed in a federal court in California, Manson, whose legal name is Brian Warner, raped Bianco in May of 2011. In several instances, the lawsuit states he used drugs, force, and threats of force to coerce sexual acts out of Bianco at times when she was unconscious or otherwise unable to consent. She also had said he spanked, bit, whipped, 
and cut her butt, breasts, and genitals during sex without her consent. Manson is also being sued for violating the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. Bianco claims he fraudulently promised her work opportunities in the U.S. that he knew he would never come to fruition. By inserting himself in Bianco's visa process, Mr. Warner was able to control Mrs. Bianco, Ms. Bianco by threatening to withdraw support if she displeased him, the lawsuit states. According to the lawsuit, the abuse began in February 2009 when Manson flew Bianco out to Los Angeles to film a music video that was never published. Upon her arrival, she found there was no crew present and that she was expected to stay at Mr. Warner's home rather than in a hotel that had been previously booked. During the four-day shoot, which Manson filmed himself on a handheld flip camera, Bianca was allegedly made to wear lingerie the entire time, deprived of sleep, and given drugs and alcohol but no food. Throughout the shoot, Bianca said Manson beat and electrocuted her, threatened to rape her, forced her to watch an extremely violent movie that caused her to faint and attempted to force her to perform sex acts with other women on camera. Men and women, both of my listeners, I'm going to stop right there because this article does get more in depth. And I encourage you, if you are interested, to read this full article at full length. But I just read easily maybe a good third of the article to you verbatim. I did not switch any words out. I did not amplify it to make the hatred harder for Manson. But I'm sick to death of this. And I ask any of my listeners, male, female, non-binary, whatever you are, if this shit doesn't offend you, you're on the wrong podcast. This is disgusting. As if there wasn't enough allegation to prove that Manson is a straight piece of shit, I don't know what else it'll take. And what makes it, makes me so mad, like, I'm, I'm, I'm visibly shaking. I know you can't see me, but I'm visibly shaking from rage. Is that Marilyn Manson, since these allegations had started to come out as early as the beginning of this year, he has not made a single new post on his Instagram since February 1st. He has also made it so that comments are limited or that if you made any comments in, in any way that speaks to any of these women that have, any of these women that came out as victims of the sexual abuse that this man has put them through, he will delete your comment. That's called fucking running, you pig. And what's worse? What's worse than him deleting comments, accusing him of the things he has done? That there are many victims that have made their story known on Instagram with more than enough evidence is that when you read through some of the comments in Manson's posts, people are still standing with him. Are you fucking kidding? Still standing with this clown. I need you people to understand, this man has raped underage girls. These girls have came forward, they're now, they're now adults, but that doesn't take away from the fact that at the time, they were underage. And Manson knew good and goddamn well that they were. And he still attacked these girls. This is disgusting. This is a fucking predator. And what's worse, this happened in the early 2000s. We're 21 years later. And you're still defending this clown. You all, Every single one of you should be ashamed of yourself. Even me, who was never a big fan of Manson, but occasionally listened to his music, 
because I was in the dark and didn't know because I was never a big fan. I didn't follow everything Manson did. Didn't know that this was the monster that was laying beneath the music. We just assumed he was some tortured soul and everybody gave him pause because the two kids that were the shooters in the Columbine school shooting listened to Manson, but Manson defended that he had nothing to do with it. And you know, what happens to the listeners of his music is not on him. We gave him pause for this. And we never, no one ever batted an eye after that. No one ever accused Manson of anything because at that point he could do no wrong. By the early 2000s, this man was explosive. He was everywhere. His music was everywhere. Hot Topic promoted him like crazy. Your eyes are open now, aren't they? Now you see what a piece of shit he is. Even friends of mine that I knew were diehard Manson fans. One of these idiots actually got his signature tattooed to her leg. I bet you that shit's embarrassing as fuck now, huh? And she wants to sit here and claim that she's here for for women and believe all women and the Me Too act. You have a rapist signature tattooed on your fucking leg. Disgusting. Guys, we need to stop glorifying these people that have dark pasts. And continue to deny that they have these dark pasts, especially in the goth community where everybody has already looked at us sideways for so many years for being weird or freaks or Satanists. They judge you before they know you. And at the end of the day, you're still good people. But what doesn't help is if you're glorifying people like Manson, who's done horrible things to underage girls. That could have been your cousin, your niece, your sister. Continue to cancel this fool because we don't need this in our lives. We don't need people like this who create this kind of drama. And what's worse, people are still defending him because they don't know the full story. Make them know the full story. Okay? I'm also a firm believer in the Me Too movement. That you should always believe women. If they say they've been sexually assaulted, especially by a celebrity, why are you covering for them? Don't protect these people. They're horrible monsters and they're using their money, power, and influence to get away with it. Okay, Esme Bianco's not the only celebrity or person for that matter that has been under the sexual abuse and scrutiny of Manson. And I'm trying to contain my anger because I don't need to explode over this, but fuck Marilyn Manson. Even celebrities like Trent Reznor that were his best friends disown him they do not claim him and as goths we should not claim him either don't make memes about him don't make jokes about him because he's still a monster at the end of the fucking day i jesus christ he's the worst and don't support your monsters don't support this monster please spread awareness about canceling marilyn manson for all the horrible he's done, and to keep him from doing any more horrible in the future. All right, guys, this might be a crappy juxtaposition out of this, but let's ease you into something that's actually fun and spooky and, you know, not damaging to your minors. And that is the news that dropped from Deadline.com about our dear favorite puppeted friends from Jim Henson, the Muppets. And the news from Deadline reads as follows. Muppets Haunted Mansion. Disney Plus sets 
first ever Muppets Halloween special event. Their article reads as follows. This Halloween, the Muppets will have tricks and treats in store as Disney Plus unveils Muppets Haunted Mansion. The Muppets first ever Halloween special, Muppets Haunted Mansion will feature the Muppets cast, celebrity cameos, and new music and spooky amusement for families to enjoy later this fall. Muppets Haunted Mansion will take place on Halloween night when Gonzo is challenged to spend one night in the night in the Haunted Mansion. While it may be the Muppets' first stay at the Haunted Mansion, the iconic Disneyland ride has already taken center stage in Rob Minkoff's 2003 film, which nobody wants to talk about, starring Eddie Murphy. Nearly 18 years after the family adventure film debuted, Deadline learned exclusively that the Dear White People creator Justin Simeon will helm another movie based on the 51-year-old theme park ride. Dan Lin and Jonathan Everich will produce through their Rideback banner with Nick Reynolds and Ridback Executive Producing. Kate Dippold will pen the script. If anybody's familiar with that name, Kate Dippold was responsible for the 2016 Ghostbusters. Give it a chance before you judge it. Further on in the article, it says Disney unveiled the Halloween special on Friday, today, to help celebrate the Disney Parks experience, experiences and producers and, produ- and products halfway to Halloween event, helping Disney ring in the event and announce the Halloween special are Gonzo and, and Pepe K- the King Spawn. The King Prawn. So guys, it does sound like we're getting an interesting development in more things that are halfway to Halloween. As I've noticed in later years, this is becoming a real thing where it is an actual event that kind of goes on in April and May, which is halfway to Halloween. And your girl as a goth and a witch loves this notion. And it is cute to see the Muppets in something new since, I'm going to be honest, I watched the new Muppet show on Disney Plus and even when it was on ABC and wasn't in love. It didn't have that je ne sais quoi that made the Muppets so enjoyable to watch in the first place. So I'm hoping that with this, we're going to get a spark of life. And also towards the Haunted Mansion, who's been really overdue for a new reboot of of a movie based on that attraction. At one point, Disneyland was getting into the idea of making movies based off of their attractions, such as Mission to Mars and Pirates of the Caribbean, which we all know that one was very successful. They even made a, it was for Wonderful World of Disney. It was a kind of a crappy TV movie based on my personal favorite ride, the Hollywood, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, in which that movie was even filmed inside the Florida version of the ride. And even that's overdue for a proper reboot. But the Haunted Mansion was done pretty dirty in 2003 with the Eddie Murphy remake and Ah, it it wasn't that great. I mean, visually beautiful, but the Haunted Mansion needed more. And even as far back as 2009, we were getting promised that we were going to get a reboot of the movie by famous horror director Guillermo del Toro. And that never happened. Instead, he went off to work on Crimson Peak and Silent Hills, or PT, as it was known on the PS4, for uh, for the PlayStation Network. And... Crimson Peak was kind of our haunted mansion because it was so visually beautiful. It was stunning. So to have the Muppets have go through their version of the haunted mansion is very exciting. 
Now, as the article states, there is no date of when this is coming out, aside from just hinting it's going to be in fall, which we're left to assume being a spooky movie, it's going to be on Halloween. And I'm excited. I cannot wait to see this. I haven't had an enjoyable Muppet movie since, wow, Muppets on Treasure Island. Like, that's how long it's been since I've seen a good one. So this is going to be exciting, guys. So look forward to any new announcements. If you haven't, stop by Deadline.com and check out their special announcement YouTube video for The Muppets, The Haunted Mansion. So in this next article I want to talk about, I want to do this one as a shout out to pretty much my SoCal peeps. So sorry to any of my listeners that are out of the state of California or not even in Los Angeles or Orange or San Diego County. But what I want to make an announcement to you guys about is the spooky swap meet. We just recently had one on May 1st and May 2nd in the old Heritage Museum and our Heritage Square Museum, I'm sorry. And this had some of our favorite vendors that we've always liked to buy from, such as um, Strange Cult, where your girl likes to buy a good chunk of her sandals. And of course, Love, Pain and Stitches, which has the coolest jack-o'-lantern bags you're ever going to find. Um, your girl, unfortunately, did not get to go to the spooky swap meet because by the time I caught wind of this event, tickets were already vastly sold out. And that's a shame because I would have went. But you also get to find out about these other spooky vendors that do jewelry or cookies, clothing, or even um, some of your vendors that you may know of, like the people from the Bearded Lady, the Mystic Museum, who sell a lot of Killstar brand products. And just so many cool spooky things we get for the Halloween season year round. If you are not familiar with them, follow them on Instagram at Spooky Swap Meet, all one word, to get more information on when they will be doing more events or future Spooky Swap Meets. You may also follow some of the other um, affiliates that work with them, such as Midsummer Scream, which I had the privilege of going to them in 2019, and that was a very fun event. But yeah, for this is this one's for mostly my LA peeps. If you are interested, if you're goth and you cannot wait till Halloween to get your hands on some more cool spooky merchandise, check out the Spooky Swap Meet. All right, guys, it's that time of the night. It is time for your listener-friendly asked questions. And tonight I have three that I'm going to answer for you guys. So let's jump into it. Uh, this first question comes to me from Iron Petticoat. And their question is, what is your best good and bad Las Vegas story? Tell us the ones that you... How do they word this? Tell us the stories that you're supposed to leave in Vegas and never talk about. I wish I could say I had that kind of story. Uh, first and foremost, thank you, Iron Petticoat. Um, man... I don't have any seductive uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of stories because uh, my trips to Vegas have all been, for the most part, very tame. Um, the last one I've even went to, I believe, was in 2019. 
Yes, the last trip I did to Vegas was in 2019. It was a girls' trip with me and and three of my other homegirls, where we just disappeared and left the state for three days. It was right as the uh, season finale, or the series finale of Game of Thrones, like that last season, the first episode of the last season. And yeah, we hightailed it and went to um, to Vegas because they had some kind of also awesome room deal and. Yeah, but no, that's neither my good or bad. That was just a fun trip. Nothing particularly different or epic happened on that trip. But um, I'll give you my bad first. Um, This was in 2007. I had just moved here from Hawaii. I just moved to Los Angeles from Hawaii. And my mother and I, this is kind of giving the context of the story, my mother and I had just taken a cruise ship around the Hawaiian Islands before we took the flight here. So we were on a cruise for seven days from like April 1st to April 7th. And then April 8th or 9th, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was April 9th. I flew here to Los Angeles with my mother and we took immediately took a road trip to Vegas where we were there for three days. Now we stayed, I believe at the stratosphere and we were so deathly sick when we got to the hotel that we didn't do anything. We didn't walk the strip. We didn't visit casinos. We didn't see any shows. We were absolutely dead sick. And the only thing I could think of is we probably got the bends. That's the best way I could describe it because we just spent a week on water and then ended up high in the sky on a five-hour flight to get to L.A. Then within that three days after the flight, took a road trip. So we never stopped moving. So yeah, we were deathly sick. And at the time, I was obsessed, like disgustingly obsessed with Chris Angel and the show Mind Freak that used to be on A&E. And I knew he had two stores in Vegas at the time. One wasn't the Luxor and the other was, I can't remember where it was. He had it in two different hotels. And I think the Luxor at the time was the only one that had any of his merch because I think he was performing shows there. And I I saw in an episode a girl had a Chris Angel Mind Freak hoodie that I had to have, which I think I still have to this day. I needed to have that hoodie. And I was determined. I didn't care how sick I was. I had the money. I wanted this hoodie. And I walked. And anybody who knows the layout of how far the stratosphere is from the Luxor, they're at the far opposite ends of the strip. It's it's a very healthy walk. Um, walked there deathly sick just to go buy that hoodie. I've also bought like these Chris Angel thong panties because why not? And I was like a limited edition poker chip, which I still, I just found the poker chip the other day. Um, and I was so sick on the drive back, I just hailed a cab because I just didn't want, I couldn't make the walk. I, I can make the walk there, but didn't <laughs> couldn't make the walk back. And that was it. I just had to have that hoodie and I was going to risk my health to go get it. Um, yeah, that was in 2007. So yeah, not my not my smartest move. So that was the bad Vegas story. The good one. Oh, wow. This, this was another Vegas story. This happened in 2013. I had just found out that they revised the Evil Dead musical, which if you guys are not in the know, Evil Dead is the film... Um, the film, the horror movie based, or the horror movie, 
before I'm having a bad time describing this, uh, with Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi as the director. And they've made, they've, there's three, there's four movies altogether, um, Evil Dead 1, 2, Army of Darkness, and the reboot of Evil Dead. Then there was the TV show um, Ash versus Evil Dead, which was really good. And yeah, I, um, when I found out the Evil Dead musical was back in town, which the musical is pretty much the second movie in a nutshell. Well, it's, it's kind of all three where they hint at, uh, Army of Darkness. Um, sorry if you guys hear the siren in the background. Um, so yes, went to, I had to go see, I had to get tickets for it because it was showing at a a small theater in Las Vegas and me and my friend, (laughs) friend, um, we, I ended up buying the tickets for us to go. Uh, I bought us VIP tickets for the show. And the thing about VIP for the Evil Dead musical is that you have to sit in the first three rows. There's no point in going to the show if you don't. Why is that? Because the first three rows are also considered the VIP section because you get a really cool shirt. But what also makes it epic is because the first three rows are called the splatter zone seats. So not only do you get a shirt that says Evil Dead the Musical, they make you wear it during the show. And it also says, I survived the splatter zone. Because the first three rows, they throw blood at you. Yes, they throw blood at the audience. So we went to the show dressed to the nines. Makeup did, her did, and got completely annihilated. But the cool thing is we went to the first date of this showing, which was October 13th of that year. And the show was was fantastic. Like at the end of the show, we actually got to go on stage and dance with the characters covered in blood. And we're wearing our bloodied Evil Dead t-shirts, which I still, yes, I still have that shirt to this day, along with the program guides and other goodies that I got. So we went to this show covered in blood, and then we were staying at the Luxor at the time. See how it kind of ties back to the Luxor? So we were staying at the Luxor. We (laughs) were walking through the casino. We looked like Carrie on prom night. We were straight covered in blood, like dripping I'm not talking, oh, we had like a few splashes on a shirt. No, we like our white shirts was red. Our like our outfits that we wore, our makeup is smeared with blood. Our hair is dripping blood. We were just annihilated and we're walking through the casino and we're turning so many heads. People thought we watched a murder. It was amazing. (laughs) People freaked out. And yeah, we walked it through that hotel, no shame, heads held high. And we even actually eventually went to a bar and a club later that night. Still covered in blood, but a lot less of it. Like we showered a good chunk of it off. But I mean, our hair, we just left it. We're like, this is a, <laughs> this is a rite of passage. And yeah, we did that trip, just a 24 hour trip. We only stayed one night just to go see this musical. So we left that day at like nine in the morning you know, we hopped around the hotel, got a few, got a nice bite to eat, went to see the show by like eight o'clock, got out at like 11, covered in blood, gambled a little, danced a little, slept, got up, did a big fat, um, late lunch, did a fat lunch and then drove home. That was the trip in a nutshell. So thank you, Iron Petticoat for that question. That is my good and bad Las Vegas story. 
the next question comes to me by Auro Society or Auro underscore Society. And they said, since you mentioned in a previous episode, you had read the Twilight books. Did you read Midnight Sun? Uh, um, yes, I, I just realized what your name is, Arrow Society. <laughs> um, yes, I have, well, I am reading Midnight Sun. And I'm gonna tell you right now, that book is a fucking chore to get through. It is so painfully bad. Like, I already thought Edward was an asshole before. This is worse. Like, this paints him in a really ugly light. Like, this this asshole's inner monologue about how he feels about Al, uh, how he feels about Bella and, you know, kind of the way he thinks of Alice from time to time. And he only starts to appreciate Alice when, you know, Bella's already slated to be his girlfriend. Just, ugh. The way he talks about his other classmates and how shallow and selfish they are. And I'm like, does, does Stephanie Meyer think people really are like this? The fact that Edward has such a chip on his shoulder about reading everybody else's minds except Bella's and just, I don't know, he holds himself on this pedestal. It's disgusting. He's so unlikable. Uh, I'm listening to the audiobook of this. It's 26 hours long. I made it 15 hours in and I'm, I, I don't know if I can finish this. This is pulling teeth bad. Um, I'd rather swallow a bullet. That's how painful it is to get through this book. I just, I don't like it. Um, I had no, I got no joy out of reading the Twilight books either. Like, I will never revisit them again. But it's also, like I said in previous podcasts, where with Twilight, I will educate myself on why I shouldn't like this. So that way I have a very real grounded reason of why I hate it. And I fucking hate Twilight. Like, I don't know why Stephanie Meyer wants to give us more of the more bullshit nothing characters. The blandest of the bland. Bella's bland. Edward's bland. I can't stand Edward's brooding. It's just so annoying. Painfully annoying. Like, I'm sorry, if, if anything out of the Twilight franchise is something to grab and latch onto, give us a book about... Alice and Jasper's relationship. They're the only two characters I ever really truly cared about from beginning to end. Their whole backs, they both have their tragic, well, Alice has a tragic backstory. Jasper has a fucking great backstory of having a four-way relationship with three other vampire women. Like, his story is interesting as shit. And how they met and how they eventually joined Carlisle and became the Cullens. And that's a far more interesting story. By far more interesting than anything with Edward. I hate him intensely. With every fiber of my immortal soul, I hate him. Um, Bella too, because Bella is styrofoam on white toast. She's nothing. He's nothing. Um, hell, even a story about Rosalie, because Rosalie has a super tragic backstory. And hers is the actual rape revenge story. And I'm here for it. Because I'm here for women's liberation. But yeah, I, I I am reading Midnight Sun. And if I don't finish it, that's really not going to be a chip on my shoulder. I just don't care. But yes, thank you, Arrow Society, for that question. And lastly, this one comes anonymously. And they ask, do you like WAP, the song? Um, Whether you're talking about the song or the actual body part, yes. Yes, I do. 
Um, like, I, I understand everybody's like, oh, well, the song's vulgar, it's nasty. And yeah, it is. But I also stand with, I'm a feminist. And I'm here for anything that means female liberation. And I'm not just talking about equal pay or, you know, no discrimination in the workplace. I'm here for that too. But I think we need to stop living in a time where women are not pure if they're not a virgin anymore. Or if a woman has a sexual appetite the same way a man does, she's a slut, she's a whore, she's a hoe, she's... Stop it. Stop it. The worst that this song can tell you is that it is talking about, yes, a wet pussy. Let's, let's be black and white about it. But it's also the fact that this is a woman who knows that her vagina is powerful. I am so, I shouldn't say happy, but I feel liberated to hear that this is women talking about we have sexual prowess. The fact that we have men begging for it. That keep in mind, back in the olden days, men went to war for women because of how bad they wanted it. It kind of makes you stop and think, like, come on, the whole the fall of Troy was all over one was over one woman. Men legit went to war for pussy. If we're gonna be very honest, and it's just because of men's mascul- toxic masculinity that it's kept women from thinking we were not as powerful as we really are, and women are fucking powerful. So if anything, yeah, it might be a gross song, but if it means that it's proving a point that what's between our legs is power, I like that. I like that a lot. So yeah, be as disgusting as you want or call it what you will. I'm here for it. Anything that keeps women elevated is what I'm here for. So thank you Anonymous for that question. And that's going to wrap up tonight's listener-friendly asked questions. I do apologize if I didn't get to your question tonight, but always feel free to send me a DM through TikTok, Twitter, or most a- where I'm most active is my Instagram if you would like to have a question featured on a future episode. And that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight's episode, which is the last episode of season two. And don't worry, guys, there is going to be a season three. I'm actually going to be taking next week off to catch up with some of my, um, well, just to catch up with my new apartment. It's been a little neglected because of work and other things that I need to keep up with in my life. I know my TikTok has still been looking pretty bare. That needs to get filled up and updated. I have videos queued up that I'm editing and just haven't finished. But don't worry, I didn't forget it, you guys. I am coming with you guys with some new content. And as always, I want to say a big thank you to every single one of my listeners. Because without you guys, I don't have a podcast. Your listenership keeps me going. So thank you whether you live in the same county as me, the same state, the same country, or if you're halfway across the globe. Thank you so much for your listenership. And as always, you can follow me on any of my social media. My Twitter is MoonchildNil. My TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube is Morningstar Moonchild. Please like, subscribe, or follow or share if you love the content that I do. And of course, recommend my podcast to anybody to give it a good listen. Whether you're a goth, a horror enthusiast, a spooky kid, fashion enthusiast, a Disneyland nerd, a Universal theme park nerd, 
or just a nerd in general, I think I got something that'll help that'll cover for you guys and help you out in any aspect that you're looking at. With that being said, guys, thank you so much. Uh, there won't be an episode next week because I need to recharge my batteries and get my poor apartment under control. But in two weeks, there will be a new episode to kick off the start of season three. I'm going to kind of pivot feed a little bit on how I work my podcast episodes. And I cannot wait to show you the new content that I'm working on, especially on my social media. That's like I said, it's been sitting kind of barren. But until that new episode for season three comes out, I got to get up caught up with the Bad Batch that just released on Disney Plus while keeping (laughs) getting my apartment cleaned up. Till then, guys, spread kindness. It costs nothing. Stay safe out there and blessed be.